0: Hey, friends, I'm Alameen Abdul-Mahmoud. I'm the host of the new podcast, Commotion. If you don't know about us yet, well, we are your daily deep dive into the biggest stories coming out of the world
1: of pop culture, art, and entertainment. And luckily, I'm not going to be doing it alone, okay? I'll be joined by some brilliant culture writers and thoughtful superfans. We're going to have hilarious hot takes. We're going to have vibrant debates. Consider this your invitation to join the group chat. Get in here and join us. Commotion, available weekdays on CBC Listen.
0: This is a CBC Podcast. We're not to walk. <laughs> That's how, is there graveyard etiquette? Maybe not right over them, right?
1: We're in a cemetery in the middle of Vancouver. It's dusk.
2: If it wasn't for all the dead bodies, it'd be a lovely park.
1: Maddie, Ryan, and I need to come up with an idea for our horror movie. So in order to get a little bit of inspiration... We're doing the spookiest thing we could think of.
2: Speaking of, I'd love to just open a protection circle for us before we do this. Okay. okay.
1: A nighttime graveyard seance with a Ouija board. Okay, any rules for Ouija? I should know I've never Ouija'd, Mark. So, like, we, you don't just start playing the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. Like, you, 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 you decide, like, who... Who, who we're trying to contact? Okay, yeah. You know, are we like trying husband? to contact your husband, someone specific, or anybody that's nearby? I, I would suggest any spirits nearby, okay, as spirits we spirits nearby. Yeah, as we are in a cemetery, they might have something to say. Yeah.
2: Okay, let's do it. Okay. So the version we have is Stranger Things themed.
1: <laughs> Season one. <laughs> okay, so let's take out the board. It just looks like an advertisement for Stranger Things.
2: I'm not as scared now that it's Stranger Things. It's
1: a, we all put our hands on the planchette. That's the little pointer thing. And we ask a question. Okay, so everybody, Gather both around. hands, Maddie. Okay, but let's, let's focus. Everybody focus. focus. Okay. Close your eyes. Okay, I'm, got a cramp. Is there anyone here in the spirit world that wishes to speak with us? And the planchette starts moving a little too quickly. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Okay. I definitely felt some inertia from your two little fingers. <laughs> yeah, okay, I might have pushed that one. Okay, so yeah. let's let's be lighter. Okay, let okay. yeah, Everyone light, be really light. Lighter touch. Light, light as a feather, stiff as a bull. Stiff as a bull, lighter. A... Okay. I I really want to believe in an afterlife. I want to believe in ghosts. So I humbly ask any spirit who's assembled here, nearby or far, to make contact now by moving. Didn't let me
1: finish. my... Cu, it's on the Q? Q. <laughs> I, I assume it's going to go to the U. No? Q-A. Q-A-N. A in- can,
0: can Q-A-N-O. O- o- can no not <laughs> Q A You know I'm Wow. Okay.
1: Okay. So maybe we're not in the right mindset for the Ouija board at the moment.
0: You know, like. This is fun, but, uh, I just, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling any
1: of the... Did you feel anything? No. No, I didn't feel anything. I felt like I have to watch Stranger Things seasons one through five now. (laughs) If the goal of this field trip was to get out of our silly mindset and into our spooky mindset, then tonight we failed. We are going to have to start rising to this challenge and quick, because on this episode, we have to come up with the idea for our horror movie... From chilling opening shot to surprising twist. And speaking of surprising twists, we'll also be talking to Gone Girl writer Gillian Flynn.
3: Boy, I think answering that is sort of like, how do you define porn?
1: It's Let's Make a Horror. Let's make a horror.
2: Nobody expect anything from me, please.
1: Me neither. Me <laughs> three. Awesome. <I'm, laughs> this but has been a... We're
0: going to make a film together. It's going to be very fun.
1: We're gathered in the studio, and we've all brought our ideas for movies. I got one. This is my answer to to movies like uh, The Baba Duke and stuff like that. This is called Chubba Chubba. <laughs> 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 or fragments of ideas. Chubba Chubba is a monster that kids can conjure from behind things like couches oh. or refrigerators, something where there's some space where something could come <laughs> out of. They they, they conjure Chubba Chubba and Chubba Chubba grants them one evil wish. Right. Like oh. not, a, not, not a not a not wish. a nice thing. That, it's like get that. rid of my kill my teacher, right. for example. Right, right, Just to get really bad here. Mm-hmm. And so this pitch, Chubba Chubba, is about three kids who are now grown up who at one point Called Chubba Chubba, then they it came, it did its dirty work, and they were like, oh my gosh, let's never talk about this again because it couldn't be pinned on them. Mm-hmm. Later, they, they <laughs> Chubba Chubba visits them and he says, now I have been called to kill one of you because oh. Chubba Chubba's back to get one of them. Chubba Chubba. I like it when you say Chubba Chubba. Yeah, I yeah. just <laughs> want to keep saying Chubba Chubba. <laughs> chubba Chubba. Here's what we're doing our goal at the end of this season is to make a short horror film. The rules are it must be three to 10 minutes long. We have to write, direct, and star in it. And we have one weekend to shoot it. So we've come together with our ideas. Okay, here we are. The moment of truth. The moment has come. Mm-hmm. We are here to pitch each other ideas on what we are going to make. Yes, Ryan. Can you do that
0: in like a crypt keeper rhyme sort of way? Like <laughs> welcome yeah. us in like as a crypt keeper kind of thing? Yeah,
1: I'll see what I can do. Yeah, you're pretty good at rhyme. Yes. Hello, and welcome back, us three. It's time to pitch for you and me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that was incredible. It was <laughs> pretty good off the cuff.
1: Uh, so we're here to uh, pitch each other ideas. It's a bit different than the past two seasons in that while we're pitching, we have to really, really bear in mind and take into account the idea that we're going to make these. So we're, we're kind of pitching two things. We're pitching our, our idea and then maybe like where we're going to do it how we're going to do it, and that kind of uh, stuff. Okay, who wants to start?
2: Ryan.
0: Okay. Um, So I have a pitch for a short film called The Hypnotist and the Couple, or it's a working title. It's about a hypnotist and a couple. Okay. Okay. So what this movie is about is uh, Maddie and I would play a couple, a long-term relationship Long term? Long time. Whatever. Uh, LTR relationship. And Mark would play a hypnotist. And so the movie would start with us as a couple getting out of the car, going to an event outside of a theater. Uh, uh, I'm being dragged to uh, a fun event. It's a hypnotist night. We go into the theater and it's like Mark is an edgy hypnotist. So like not just your classic hypnotist, a bit goth. And it's also established. I don't believe in hypnotism, but Maddie is like, well, I don't know. It could, it's whatever. What do you, you don't know everything about the world, so we get go into the show. Maddie goes on stage, um, is called up as a volunteer. She she is hypnotized into believing she's a famous murderer, like from the past, like a Jack the Ripper type murderer. Uh, we'd make our own murderer up, um, mm-hmm. and she like has an interview with him and answers questions about like uh, the, the murders she's done mm-hmm. as this character, and then everything's ha- everyone's having fun, and the uh, hypnotist goes down the line and says, "When I s- oh, it's called Snap Your Back. That's what it's called. That's the actual title, Snap Your Back." So he snap does the thing back. where that goes down the line and snaps everyone back to reality, like Snap Your Back, Snap Your Back, Snap Your Back. Mm-hmm. Um, and me watching, he just for whatever reason doesn't quite snap. Maddie back. Everyone cheers, but I'm kind of like, huh, that's weird. Didn't snap her back. Uh, The skeptic is a little bit, like, perturbed. They go home to their apartment, and Maddie's acting way different. Like, Maddie's acting kind of, like, strange, and she's, like, kind of, like, looking at me differently, and kind of following me around, and, like, surprising me, and kind of stalking me around the house. So the skeptic is now, like, questioning, like, okay, well, what, like, I don't believe in hypnotism, and we, I know this is my partner, but like, also... Is she a murderer now in her mind? Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually, me, I call the hypnotist because I, I can't stand any more of Maddie's uh, frightening actions. And you're like, it's all bullshit. Like I don't know what you're talking about. There, it, there, it was never. There's. I don't. I'm a. I'm a charlatan. Like mm-hmm. I'm not really hypnotizing everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, oh okay. And then I turn around and Maddie stabs me. <laughs> she was a murderer all along. Yeah. Great yeah. ending too. Yeah. It's it's sort of. Talking about that, who are you actually sleeping beside? Who is who is your partner? Mm. Do you really know who each other
1: are? And then where? And is 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 it scary in the nighttime? That's mm-hmm. like the scariest time of the thing. They like go where home. the tension is.
2: They
0: go home. The
2: car ride in the home. Is the car
0: scary. ride and everything's a bit different. Everything's shifted. The, like are
2: well, already getting into it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe she's standing in a corner. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's like looking with wisp- you know like just strange things. She's doing very strange things. Her behavior is totally different. All of a sudden, after the hypnotist. Scary.
2: She's like eating a banana. Like, you hate bananas.
0: And she's like, I still do. <laughs> gross, <laughs> gross.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, everyone. Pitch number one in the books. Okay, let's go to lunch. you your back. Nope, we have many more. Okay, so we don't have time to share every idea. And there were definitely a few that weren't great. Like this one.
0: I, yeah, I had another one. Um, spaghetti and feet balls.
1: Or this one This one's called the never ending car wash Or this one
2: Person kidnapped has to take off their veneers And reveals little tiny baby teeth underneath
1: Scary And there were some other ideas that we liked But they would just be too hard to make
2: Ryan is working at a bar Good night guys Have a good one I'll close up, don't worry about it (laughs) Boom, a Sasquatch like creature Sort of fish elements, teeth Mm -hmm. Played by me little guy he comes and he punches ryan in the face ryan goes reeling back cash goes flying fight scene eight minute fight scene
1: (laughs) (laughs) but there were also ideas that didn't have a lot of detail but had a lot of potential like this one which was just a scary dream that maddie had
2: girl's friend is dating a rich super rich guy okay his mansion. Everyone's a little uncomfortable with this. Is our friend group going to start dating billionaires? Is it even cool to date a billionaire? You know, mm. They're snooping around in the house at the dinner party. They find someone bound and gagged in a room, imprisoned. Mm. And then they have to fake their way through the dinner party, acting normal.
1: Um, they go to the bathroom. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah, that's scary.
2: That they didn't. This is actually from a yeah. nightmare that I had.
1: Mm. Oh, that's scary.
2: And then in the nightmare, there was like a big car chase out on the grounds of the guy's house. And we, everyone was trying to get away because he realizes that he's been caught. And he's yeah. trying to kill them before they get out and tell everyone.
1: And possibly he's planning on kidnapping them anyway or whatever. Yeah,
2: now he's a very unsealed person either person. way. Yeah, yeah. but the, for sure mm. he would do something bad if he knew that yeah. you knew.
0: That's yeah.
1: scary.
2: That one's actually maybe a good idea.
0: Yeah, I think so. It's that's great a great idea. idea. All
2: we would need is an, a big house which mm-hmm. we could totally have in Vancouver mm-hmm. we have access to. Mm-hmm. It's basically like a tense dinner party scene but it's actually very scary mm-hmm. and yes. it has some social commentary about rich people mm-hmm. and what they get away with.
1: <laughs> yeah, a good idea. And it
2: doesn't have to have a car chase.
1: This was a good start so we tried to figure out a few more details that would make it a little more clear and a little more and, horror. And
2: Starts being they go back to the dinner they're acting weird he's acting weird everyone's acting weird I don't know what the end is because there's lots of different endings we could do based on mm-hmm. pr- production feasibilities you know what I mean mm-hmm. basically he's the monster they have to they the to get to to save themselves and this person they have to be normal that's what they have to do and yeah. then and then this escalates
1: yeah, yeah it, it has tension all over it
2: you go to the... You get out. There's a tense dinner party. You get out. You go to the police. And he convinces the police this is a consensual thing. And this person's like, yeah, fine. And your friend keeps dating him.
1: I like the that's police siding with him. Yeah, the police siding with him. That's
0: a fun, um, you think you're safe moment at the end. Yeah. yeah. Cops right. come and they're like, oh, no. We're with him. You guys stay.
2: Like, so maybe that's the end. Is that they do get away. They do call the police. And...
0: But it's a corrupt system.
2: And the police know him. Mm -hmm. And then the killer's still out there in this way.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. We also had another idea about making a movie using just the rear view camera of a car. That thing that shows up on your screen every time you put your car in reverse. Okay, I got another one. This is called rear view horror. We actually didn't have an idea for this pitch beyond that. So we tried to make something up. Now what? What this is is a guy's using his backup camera in his I don't know Kia Rio, and in the backup camera he's like backing up to park and he sees like like a, a, little, a little kid scuttle by. He's like what? He parks. And he like looks out. There's no kid. He parks. He gets it. You know, gets it back in the rear view, looking through that camera. Then a face appears in the rear view camera. Scary, oh. scary baby. He's like what the heck? He gets out. There's no one back there. What? So he calls the Kia people, the Kia Rio people, and he's like, hey, something's <laughs> wrong with my Kia Rio camera. And they're like, they're like, do you upload this to anything? I need to know. And they, for some reason in this universe, they do. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we have the video right here. We, we record all of your, <laughs> and they scrub through it. They scrub through it. They can't find any of this. They can't find any of this stuff. Happens again when he's driving, rear view. He keeps, and then a whole, he witnesses a whole world of stuff play out in his rear view camera. And it's all shot. In from the driver's seat of the car.
2: It sounds to me like it's three minutes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Which is maybe what we're doing.
1: Yeah. Seen some really That's cool smart. things people have done with
0: the rear view cameras and like, you know, putting like action figures mm-hmm. and bugs and such. Like,
2: yeah, right. yeah. 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 Bugs.
0: <laughs> Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank.
1: Jessie
0: Crookshank.
1: Ryan had one more idea for us. This one's called Close and Lock the Patio Door. (laughs) I love the specificity. Which
0: is something that comes up from my life. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit inspired from my real life in that, like, in the summer months, my partner Lily and I live in a small apartment. uh, And there's a patio door. And um, she likes to keep it, rightly, likes to keep it open for fresh air and cool air. But I am unnerved, even though we're on the second floor leaving the patio door open. Uh, It's also a little bit inspired by a Hawaiian ghost story that I remembered uh, that has stuck with me from when I was a boy. We had like, my parents bought me a little book. And then a little bit inspired, not to bring it down, but by dealing with substance abuse Mm. and addiction a little bit. So that's the inspiration for this movie. Mm. So it starts with, and we can change the casting, but I've sort of, in my mind, I am the main character, Ryan, and I am a successful Hollywood writer-director. But he's down on his luck in that he's shamed and he's had a drunken night and an escapade. And so the movie starts with him, a fancy car. So we need a fancy car and California plates. So he's driving out of out of L.A. He's driving with all his luggage in the back, interspliced with a scene uh, with him and his agent who's reading the riot act. And he's like saying, like, listen, the paparazzi are all over you. You need to get out of town. You need to dry out for a few days. So I got a I got a vacation cabin. This is a cabin in the woods One I got a vacation property up north. And you need to go there, and you just need to, like, clear your head and deal with it. So that's where I'm going. So that all happens in the first scene. Get there. It's a lovely place. And there's, like, an Airbnb-style list of rules or instructions when he gets there. And it, the last one is in bold and underlined. It says, before sunset, close and lock the patio door, exclamation point. He's like, eh, that's a bit weird. Oh. Goes outside. He runs into a very affable, charming, and attractive neighbor, played by Maddie Kelly. Yes. Who's nice. She's, like, walking one of my dogs. Uh, well, mm. either Woody or Milu? Mm-hmm. okay run into her we have a nice conversation she's charming she's up there maybe she's working on a book or something there's something interesting about her this is great so she goes and I'm like okay You know, this is going to maybe work out Or maybe you think this is going to work out This is going to be fine Uh, You see him puttering around the cabin Uh, He makes dinner And maybe does a little bit of writing Smokes cigarettes on the patio And then starts to go to bed on the first night And then the the patio door is wide open The audience is like, oh my god, what about the patio door? But then he remembers He's like, okay, well fine Maybe it's animals, I'll close and lock the patio door Night one Gets up to go get some water and maybe do some kind of sub like is there something there no and then suddenly there is someone there and it's monster played by mark but mark is like a very practical monster he just has all black eyes so he's mark oh. but he's got like uh, like voidless eyes and he's just standing there at the door and he's he's not like this is where this hawaiian ghost story i remember came in like the monster's not like rawr, rawr. the monster's calm And just, Mm -hmm. like, making eye contact and staring at him. And so the monster tries the door twice. It's locked. He, like, knocks on the door, like, points at it. Ryan's like, what the (laughs) fuck is going on? And then he's like, the monster goes, like, kind of smiles and walks away. And then Ryan's beside himself. What the fuck was that? Like, you know, jump cut. (gasps) He, like, he wakes up. Like, did I dream that? Was that real? What the fuck's going on? I'm like, you know, is that withdrawal? What's going on here? Mm. Gets up, goes outside, runs into the neighbor again. Hey. And, like, it's, you know, kind of like, she's like, are you okay? He's like, No, well, I had a weird night. Is there weird things going on in the, in the neighborhood? She's like, the neighborhood? Like, it's the mountains. There's nothing going on here. She's like, can I come in and make you tea? And he's like, no. He's like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Sorry. Shrugs it off. Goes back in. Gets back into it. Has another good day. Positive day. Putters. Goes to bed. Uh, but then wakes up in the middle of the night. And, like, did I lock the door? Gets up. The door is closed. But then he has a memory, like, did I lock-lock it? He goes to check it, and it's not locked. But just as he checks it, guess whose hand hits it? Boom, Monster Mark. And Monster Mark isn't, again, like, ripping the door open. Monster Mark is just trying to open the door, and Ryan's, like, closing it. And so eventually they have, like, a force-on-force, like, action. And, like, Mark just does not stop trying to open the door, and Ryan does not stop to close the door. And eventually, like, this, like, weird, tense standoff happens where, like, the monster's, like, not ripping down the door. It's just like, I'm going to open the door. If I open the door and get in there. You're dead. And Ryan's willing to close the door. Uh, sunlight comes up eventually and Monster goes like, okay. Walks away because uh, the sun is uh, maybe some indication. Ryan is now freaked the fuck out. He walks out, you know, the, and then runs into the neighbor again. And Maddie's like, what, what's going on? He's like, I don't know. You can come make me tea. Please, thank you. Gets on the phone to his agent. And he's like, what's going on with this place? Everything's fine. And Josh is like, who's that in the background? He's like, that's your neighbor. And Josh goes, what neighbor? Oh. Turns, drops the phone. Maddie's eyes are all black. Mark the Monster is in inside the house because I invited her in and then um, I think maybe there could be a twist where like Josh's eyes go black too because all agents are vampires
3: <laughs> 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 but basically it ends
0: with like the, the monsters are inside the house and they kind of like come towards me and so symbolically he fell
1: off the wagon oh. I love it I love just the like the no let me in no yeah. let me in yeah,
0: that I was that. that that was that Hawaiian ghost tale I referenced there was like this and I always stuck with me. And it was so scary because it was so calm. Like this guy is like, I'm, and I'm just going to paraphrase, it's an uh, indigenous Hawaiian folktale. I don't know the names or anything, but this is what I remember from the book. Mm-hmm. Um, is this guy is out in the bush and he realizes, oh my God, I'm not going to get home in time because it's going to get dark. So I got to make a fire and camp and then get home tomorrow. But like lots of dangerous things out in the wilderness and mm-hmm. he makes a fire. And then this big mon- this one-eyed monster comes out of nowhere that is a specific uh, evil entity and he knows it but he knows that the monster can't attack him as long as the fire is going so the monster just sits down and they both know that the monster mm. knows that and he knows that so the monster sits down and they just stare at each other all night while he like nervously tries to keep his fire going and he can't go too far <laughs> to wow. get the thing and the monster's just like I have all the cards kind of Yeah. because as soon as you fuck up or this fire or goes fall out, asleep, you're, and, yeah, you're dead fi- Yeah, yeah goes, I'm yeah. gonna get you Yeah. and so that's kind of this like sort of nice way to build suspense
1: right <laughs> Okay, so we've got a few ideas that we like, but we're going to need to choose one. So we decided to talk to someone who has not only had some great ideas, but has turned them into incredible works.
3: Hi, I'm Gillian Flynn. I'm the author and screenwriter of
1: Gone Girl and Sharp Objects, and I also wrote the novel of Dark Places. Gillian's works have become some of the most iconic thrillers of the 21st century. They're not exactly horror but they use a lot of the same devices, including suspense and plot twists. And speaking of which, I think I need to give a spoiler alert because we're definitely going to be talking about some of Gillian's plot twists.
2: We also heard you're a horror fan.
1: I feel like that's what I grew up on, was
3: horror more than necessarily suspense and thriller. My dad was a film professor, and one of my first distinct memories was being about six or seven, and, and taking me to see Alien, and his explanation was, "Not, I don't have a sitter, but uh, Gillian, you should see this movie. It has what's called a heroine. It's very important." <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. I loved the thing. I loved. I mean, I like. Um, you know, I love. I've been showing my son slowly and surely uh as he's been 10 and 11 12 you know asking my husband is it too early for the omen is it too early for silence of lambs or seven and he's been weighing in and then sometimes i ignore him and sometimes i think oh (laughs) voice of reason (laughs) you gotta start early though
2: yeah you kind of have to go early because if you go too late they're like i started too late and i don't like them too scared
3: oh they they freak you out or you just don't
1: take to them they freak me out. <laughs> the answer is yes. Let me just let me just let me just put you on the spot here. How how do you define horror? Or how what's the difference between horror and thriller? How would you define that?
3: Boy, I think answering that's sort of like how do you define porn? It's different <laughs> for <laughs> every viewer. You know it when you see it. <laughs> <laughs> to me, horror has always had an element of either the serial killer uh, run a mock and a certain amount of goriness or a a bit of the monster movie vibe and mm. a thriller to me means more psychological and a little more who done it what's what's happening uh solving in a way or unraveling of the psychological
1: you so how do you, how do you describe the work you do i i would say thriller um but do you do you feel like you touch horror when you work People sometimes
3: call me the a dr- domestic thriller writer, which I feel is really sexist and and <laughs> small making. I yeah. do not like that term. Uh, I but I do write about fears that come from the home, you know. So I certainly draw from horror, and I draw from what I learned as a kid, which is suspense and that. Inexorable fill of being pulled toward something terrible, something horrible. Um, that feeling of unease uh, uh, is my favorite feeling. And so I wanted to capture that when I first started. So, my work certainly has elements of horror, certainly sharp objects. And in, in me, as it boiled down to the basics of what I was trying to do, was you know, a little fairy tale brothers, grim like town surrounded by woods where horrible things are happening to children and it's run by sort of evil Queens. And, you know, the, so that has a, a bit filled to it. And my second book dealt with the satanic panic, which certainly I've been always fascinated about and has its element too.
1: So when, how do you know, um, or like, where do you, where do you start when you, like, you, you find an idea, you think this is good. How do you, how can you tell the difference between, um, something that that might have legs and you want to kind of carry on um as comedians you know if if it's funny we like all right that's that works
2: yeah if it makes us laugh
1: yeah if it makes it laugh it works but if it's
2: but do you get creeped out by your own ideas
1: oh
3: always if i'm not getting unnerved or starting to think in a certain character's mindset you know with gone girl i would be waiting in a movie line and someone would cut and I would think Amy would take care of that situation. <laughs> Amy would say something very tart and get them out of my way. And, you know, <laughs> with Sharp Objects, I started dreaming about the dead sister who's, you know, she would she came to me one time and said, it's not safe here. <laughs> so oh, they literally haunt your dreams, truly. Whoa. For me, you pick what frightens you the most. And Always what has frightened me a lot is groupthink and how it can go Mm -hmm. wrong. And that certainly is built into the satanic panic, which is part of dark places. And that's even, you know, certainly baked into Gone Girl, where the town is turning against uh, Nick because of what they think he is.
0: Can we talk a little bit more about the satanic panic because I'm also fascinated <laughs> as a D&D avid D&D oh. player uh it's something that's come up a lot in my life and just for maybe our listeners who don't don't know that I think it's just a kind of a fascinating little Side discussion. What was the Satanic A
3: little side battle? quest.
0: Yeah, a little, <laughs> little side quest, if you little will. Thank <laughs> you for speaking my language.
3: I am an avid D&D player, and I uh, introduced my son to it during COVID, and we've been doing our own little group ever since. Awesome. So I am awesome. with you. Love it. The Satanic Panic, I mean, I have been obsessed with that since I was a kid, um, watching it on talk shows where everyone really thought, said, your next-door neighbor might worship the devil. You know, be careful where you drop your kids off. And it was terrifying to me, but also a little bit unbelievable. Like, even then, I thought, "This, how can this possibly be the case? And yeah. so I grew up with that. And Satanic Panic, I mean, I've read every book on it. I've interviewed experts on it. And when I was writing since Dark Places is set largely on a farm in Kansas as the farm crisis is happening. I, inter- I spoke a lot with some of my friends who are farm in, are in the Kansas and Missouri area. And at one point, I had all sorts of questions. At one point, I wrote someone an email that said, I would like to sacrifice a cow in my book. How much does an ax do damage-wise? And you know, should I use a bull or is it a cow? And how much? How long does it take? How, and I never heard back from that human again. My whole <laughs> life, I have still have never heard back from that person. <laughs> so be oh, careful. That... That's another lesson. Be careful who you ask and how much you ask for. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that I—that's actually. I really want to know more about that because that um, when you're writing, like you really have to go to dark places in your brain, and and allow yourself to. You know, allow allow that to be exposed. Um, is, do you feel self conscious around that? Is that is that difficult to kind of go to those places just personally, and then and then to just write that out and be like, yes, this came from my brain.
3: Yeah, I mean, I my rule is write absolutely what you're thinking and want to write because you can always go back and edit anything that feels too revelatory or too close to home or just something you don't want to share. But I write kind of what scares me and what people who feel close to home, uh, I I can identify with all my characters. I'm not them, but I can certainly put myself in their shoes. And I think that's what great horror movies do. I mean, think of Silence of the Lambs, for instance. You're on Clarissa's side, but you're also a little bit on Lecter's side (laughs) because you're you're at the end. I think audiences are a little charmed when they see this cannibal wander (laughs) off into a vacation spot. I mean, think about that, but it's because of that empathy for it.
1: Um, as we get into our idea, you know, we're going to write this script, uh, do you have any just like 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 what do we need to write in the script to build suspense correctly? Like can you talk a little bit about just the the real in the weeds kind of like writing those moments?
3: I'm a big fan of starting with a dark incident because to me that sets the tone. If you start with everything's great in a suspense movie. Uh, everyone's going to already know it's going to go wrong, and then they're just waiting for it, I think, at this stage of our game, sort of Hmm. impatiently. Like, come on, come on. Hmm. So I think starting with the initial incident, a murder, a disappearance, you know, something's gone horribly wrong, even if it's slightly in the past, um, setting the scene with that bit of terror, and then you can kind of go to the characters trying to figure out, What's happening with Gone Girl? It's the disappearance of Amy. Then you have time to build that slow suspense, and it's sort of naturally woven in as people are trying to figure out what is happening. And, you know, there can be, then you have the different suspicious and disturbing characters. And I like for not necessarily outright villains to, to be out. Because, again, I think that's to mm-hmm. the audience sees through that. But odd little characters, supporting characters even, people who don't feel like they're big enough to become the villain. And that can pick mm. up. Mm. And it builds suspense because of the innate creepiness. But it also builds suspense mm-hmm. because you're wondering what's going to happen. And, you know, that applies to if you think of something like the thing you know the the, yeah. the dog barking and running through the snow something's happening and then you know ter- horrific incidents are happening but they they still have no idea why or who hmm. and those to me work really well whether it's a thriller like gone girl or an
1: outright horror mm-hmm. yeah that the dog and the thing is so great at the beginning you really just are like what where where are we oh. what's happening i love that movie um when you're When you're building a twist and you, uh, you know, the audience is probably anticipating there's a twist. How do you lull the audience into forgetting about anticipation of the twist and then twisting it?
3: Well, I would say two things. One is I start writing having no clue how it's going to end. Mm -hmm. Zero, never. And so people will say, you know, I thought this person was the villain. And I say, I did too. (laughs) So you're not working against yourself. And I think, you know, a lot of writers do plot out everything that's going to happen and that works for them. But that really becomes this built-in moment of suspense for me is writing towards something that I don't even know. And then, you know, then I go back and rewrite and fix it uh, to build toward, you know, I don't like suspense or mysteries where you can't figure out why it happened, you know? So you mm. go back and put those moments in where if an audience goes back and looks at it, they think, Oh, right. That was there. Uh, and mm. my second building, you know, of suspense and twist, building of the twist is you have to know that you're wrong footing people. You know, you don't want the last thing you want to do. If you have a twist is to have people know you're coming toward the twists. And when I was writing gone girl, the key was Amy's diary. And so you you know, you feel like you're building up toward one thing and you know, you're not. And I knew that if that didn't work, uh, if you're if your build up to the twist doesn't wrong foot the audience, you're in real trouble because then they're just bored.
1: Mm. Um it's also really nice to hear that you don't, um, have it all plotted out as, as comedians, Ryan and I are in an improv group. Um, Maddie does improv as well sometimes, but like we never know what's going on and I, I can totally identify with that. Um, so as we kind of explained, we're making a, a, a short horror movie and right now we have a bunch of ideas on the table. Um, and we're going to start whittling them down and, What's your process like? How do you how do you pick an idea? Like, if you have a few ideas, how do you know which one is the one to follow?
3: I think what you start with is what frightens you the most, and sometimes that's being really honest with yourself and digging in deep as to truly what frightens you the most. It's easy to say vampires scare me or werewolves scare me, uh, um, serial killers scare me, but to actually dig into as to why. What is it about that? You know, is, is it, you know, an un, being someone who lives forever? Is it, you know, being someone who gets arrogant mm.
1: <laughs>
3: and, and has small pants, um, <laughs> as whats <werewolves> do. <laughs> but getting into the idea of, of what that is, and you know, I would say the more convinced you are, the more willing you are to fight for that idea. And strongly you feel that's a great tell. That's a great, that means it's going to make, you're going to make something as long as you keep honest with yourself about what is it is that's scary, you're going to find something new and fresh.
2: Okay, should we round up all of our ideas?
1: Yes. Uh, okay, what do we have? I'll make a list. Nice, Meg. We are back in the studio. We have a few ideas we really like and we've made a choice. So our short list was a uh, Rear view camera movie, snap your back, the hypnotist one, billionaire murder, murder, the kidnapped one, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, uh, close and lock your patio door. So, I think we should do patio door, agreed. Yes, yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I think that's the number one that we all kind of were leaning on mm-hmm. towards. It's um, the
2: most like a horror movie, it's yes. the most fun to shoot. Yes, apart for all three of us,
1: yeah, exactly. It's like a classic, it's a classic horror movie. You can point it and say, that This is why this is a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the whereas like the rear view one is horror but it but it it's like it's kind of based around this like technique that we yeah. were going to try
0: that might be out of our right. league ultimately yeah. and it would kind of be sad to get all our prep done and be like oh it can't this is not going to work
1: yeah yeah yeah,
0: Cause yeah technically yeah.
1: uh there's a monster in this mm-hmm classic monster it's a cabin in the woods
0: there's a twist currently that we're gonna make better but there's mm-hmm. room for a couple twists you know we can figure out as a group you know yeah there's, there's room there's room to maneuver
1: one thing uh i think we all really like about it is that it, it it's got a strong allegory it has a it has a, a theme which you know the alcoholism idea and how this is like a an analogy mm-hmm. of this man's detox and then falling off the wagon.
0: Yeah, it's not just a monster for having a monster. There's something we have at least playing around with Mm -hmm. some deeper themes. Yes. And we get to
1: go on the road together. I'll be working remotely, but yes. (laughs) Close and lock the patio door. That's the idea. Okay, I think that's the idea. This is really exciting. Yes. Well, just to be sure, we ran it past Gillian Flynn. And there's kind of this loose allegory around substance abuse
3: i love the call i I mean that's that's so cool and i mean substance abuse you know people i think the people rosemary's baby scares so many people. is people are so afraid of uh unraveling you know losing their mental health and what Mm -hmm. can happen as a result of that it's less about the satanic piece of it although that works really well together. And and so if you are linking your calm monster to some underlying meaning, you don't have to say what that underlying meaning is. People will fill it in for themselves.
1: Yep, that's the idea. Now we just have to write it. I mean, who's directing this? We, we've decided we're going to self-direct it. Good luck. <laughs> and shot list it.
3: Bit of a snag with the... Shotless.
1: Okay. Call in favors.
2: We have a relatively big crew, yeah. and some of them we've never met them.
1: Shoot it, edit it, score it. The monster's not working. This, which makes the film one hundred just not work. It's going to be a bumpy ride.
0: I think that this is a bigger bump than I anticipated.
1: That's all coming up later this season on Let's Make a Horror. <laughs> Let's Make a Horror is a production of CBC Podcasts and Kelly and Kelly, created by Kelly and Kelly, hosted by Ryan Beal, Mark Chavez, and Maddie Kelly. This episode was written and produced by Dave Shumka and Chris Kelly. For Kelly and Kelly, the executive producers are Lauren Berkovich and Pat Kelly, associate producer Rebecca Peng. For CBC, Anna Ashite is the coordinating producer, Jeff Turner is the senior producer, the executive producer is Chris Oak, and R.F. Norani is the director of CBC Podcasts. Our theme song is by Chris Kelly. Chris? Chris? Hello?
0: For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca/podcasts.